This is the Happy Work Podcast, where we discuss all the things we can do to make our work and with it our life better. Hey, I'm back with Vera, and today we talk about how to set a price for the things that you offer, whether it's a product or a service. In my over 20 years of professional experience, I know that this is the one question that somehow is left unanswered. And if we don't have a clear grasp on how to price what we give to the world, well, then the world will take over it. And then somehow that value that we're here to give, the worth of the value gets skewed and distorted and becomes inaccessible and becomes completely destructive in its own way. So I know that is a topic that a lot of people have an issue with. And I think we should kind of like look at it today. How would you say that price is currently decided upon? I, I think it's completely done based on external factors, which is very problematic because I'm the guy who always says, if you want to do happy work, you have to own your work. You have to own, you have to have self-ownership, you have to have ownership over your work. But that also means you have to have ownership over the value that you give to people. And you can only do that if you also own the price that you demand for you uh, for your value. Otherwise, yeah, you might own the value itself, but the price itself is being dictated by, you know, marketplaces, industry, competition. I think a lot of listeners have heard you say before that most of the things that we do with our businesses when we're not doing happy work, it's stuff that we, if, if those of us that went to school for business, we learned at business school, um, we took a course, we watch a ton of YouTube videos that tell us how to do whatever it is we need to do, or our friend that's run their business forever is like, this is how I do it. Yeah. Even though we look at them and we know how stressed they are and they hate what they're doing, we still are like, oh, well, if they do it that way, they seem to be kind of successful. Mm-hmm. And that's what we use to then build and price our offerings. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, how do we... How do we tweak it? Like, what are some factors that, that really you, a happy you know, work entrepreneur needs to consider? There is this one thing that has always struck me as being strange, is that then when people need vacations the most, they are the most expensive. Anyone listening to this, ask yourself, isn't it so that the very things that you, you seem to want the most, right then when you need them the most, become the least accessible. They become more expensive. People look at me all square when, when I challenge that concept, which we commonly call supply and demand. Because when we allow supply and demand to change our price or to dictate our price, what we actually do is we take advantage of someone's desire for something. We say, because you need something right now, and I hold the key to that in my hand, I'm going to ask more for it because I can exploit that situation and get more returns from this very circumstance. So, in fact, what happens there is it's the opposite of what a business is meant to do. A business is here to provide value that sets people free you know, allows them to have an experience that furthers their lives. 
whether it's health, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, whatever it is, a happy business is here not to milk their clients, but to advance them according to something that they know is real and needed, a value. But when we price what we give to the people according to their desperation, according to what the market tells us where the opportunity is, we do the opposite. We actually imprison people further. That's why people, I mean, I, I, I will tell that to anyone, and that sounds dark, equally dark as stupid, but do not get cancer. Because once you do, you become a desperate target. Because now the demand, your demand is huge and the supply is limited. There's only so much supply for cancer drugs and treatments. So obviously, in a system that believes that supply and demand is real, you are now the target and you will pay. There is not really a validation for the price. There's no need for the drug and the treatment to be that expensive. It's just because we think that that's okay to abuse desperation, to abuse emergency. According to what I said before, self-ownership means that the pricing factors need to be internal, not external. You know, when, when you allow for the markets, for the competition, for the guy next door, for the economy for inflation to dictate your price, you have officially given up control over your price. But what are internal factors? And we talk about that a lot. It's, of course, your attachment to what you give, the attachment to the value that you give. If you're really honest in the value you create, be it a product or a service, then you have an emotional attachment to that. So, for example, if you build a, a drug a pill that's supposed to do something to people, ideally your attachment is that you have gone to, through something similar or you've known and seen hardship in people and you wanted to find a way to alleviate that and you have the talent and the resources for that. So you have an attachment. That attachment should be so important that it also dictates price. What would you be willing to pay for it? Because don't forget, oftentimes the best businesses are built by people who serve their younger self. Like, I wish there had been someone 20 years ago who had offered me what I am offering to the world now. Those are the best and strongest businesses. But would your younger self, your 20, 30, or 15, or 5-year younger self in that situation, would that person have been willing enable to pay the price you're commanding? I think that is a question that will and does confuse people because a lot I have a feeling that the majority will say, no, I wouldn't pay I wouldn't pay what I'm asking for that. Two questions spring up from that. I wouldn't pay what I'm asking for it because I don't see the value mm -hmm. or because I have major scarcity issues and hell no, I'm not paying that. Those are two questions that pop up immediately. And your price and your marketing and everything you design around that value needs to reflect it. After all, you can only serve those people who really need you the most. And you have to understand their emotional situation when it comes to price. Are the people I'm serving, the people who need my value the most, are they willing and ready to pay that price? 
And you can only answer that through compassion. And compassion, compassion is the ability to share their pain because you know their pain. That's literally the definition of compassion. If you have no relation to those people, you're full of shit. You have no way of connecting with a good price. And you know you have no value that you're offering. That's the horrible thing. How is anyone, take business A, B, C, and 50 people work in there, and all 50 people have no connection to the value they're offering. So they don't have compassion for the people they're serving. So, of course, from this comes, they don't believe that the price is right. But they work hard to get that price. They work hard to sell the offer at that price. So now the problem is that they have no care, no buy-in. They don't support that price emotionally. And what happens is they're actually taking freedom from their people that they're serving. They're normalizing and justifying that because why? Again, we go back to happy and sad work 101 because they're just there for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. They're just there for the money that comes back. And can I, without digressing too much, can I just quickly add that the opposite is also true. If you price yourself too low, and let's say you have people working for you, they will be like, man, this thing is so freaking cheap. It makes me feel cheap. Mm. Like it, it works both ways. If you yourself are not understanding um, the value and pricing it with something that really makes your heart sing... Oh. You and your people working for you will feel it. Well, ask, ask yourself, why would anyone do that? Because they're afraid it's not going to sell. Exactly. So when, when you bring scarcity into pricing, and that's, I'm actually glad you, you bring up that point. You know what? It's, it's actually, that's actually very important. The scarcity mindset is very bad at pricing. The scarcity mindset is actually the mindset that asks the market, that asks for current state of things, to tell them how much they can ask for things. So if you're a scarcity-driven entrepreneur, you will look around you and ask people, what are you willing to pay for what I'm offering? What are you paying right now for a similar offering? That's what the scarcity mindset will do. Why? Because it's driven by the fear that it's not going to be successful, that it's not going to survive, that it's going to fail, and that the things will stay on the shelf. But the abundant mindset says... I have something to give of value and I know that this value is needed and I only, me, am able to price it so that I can stand behind it. This is how much I believe in this value. It's actually a great point. So if you are a fearful entrepreneur that operates in the scarcity mode, you will look around in the world and ask the world for an indicator for your price. But if you are an abundant entrepreneur you don't need to ask the world you just need to ask yourself and that boils down to what comes back and that's accountability i always wonder where is the accountability on price in most entrepreneurs around me are you really accountable for the money that you ask people to pay no they're not they're actually ashamed so many people are ashamed whether the price is too high or too low because they know it's not worth that yeah if you are accountable and you're proud oh, that's and you embrace great. the amazing. value, oh, you're like, hey, man, this is what it costs. It is what it is. I get it. If, if you can't pay for it, it's not for you. I totally understand. And that doesn't mean that it's expensive. No. It just means that it's so pri it's priced so well that you know it's fine. No, well, it's not for everyone. I, I, 
at risk that we're jumping ahead here. I mean, there's there's probably more. It's a more nuanced thing when people cannot pay for your value. I mean, that is a problematic aspect that I want to let, let, let's maybe. That's an that's an external factor when people cannot pay for what you think is the right price. I mean, there is a little bit of layered, a few layers to that. But maybe a second, a second aspect that is often forgotten. That's an internal aspect. That is also well. How much do you need? How much do you need to come back to you financially so that a you can survive? That is one great thing. You want to survive from the value that you're offering. You're entitled to that. It's important. But then there's another aspect where we get things very wrong. But how much more than what you need to survive do you need in order to build better and better value? So how much do you how much profit do you need to make so that you can reinvest money into your business in serving your people better? And I say it very intentionally that way because traditionally we say like, how much do I need to get in return so I... So that I can stop working and not have to do exactly. anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, actually, that's what people... That's the most yeah, horrific way to look at it. That's sad work. The question is not how much do we need to make so we can stop doing what we do. That's actually a testament to doing the wrong thing. You should close your business right then and there. But how much do we need to make so that we can cover our expenses and have enough to invest into ourselves to create better and more accessible value. And that is the secret key to happy work accounting, to sit down and realize if we sell this for $5, it will cover the $3 in expense we have, the $3 it, it costs us to create that value, and the additional $2 we can take and reinvest and will allow us to move forward in creating better products, better services, making them more accessible. But I say very specifically better. I don't say more of it. Because we think that we have to reinvest so we can grow in numbers. The idea is not to take money in order to grow numbers. The idea is to have money flow back. You can reinvest to grow in terms of our value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need more toothpaste. Yes. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> Think we about need, it that way. But we need, we need, for example, if we go back to the cancer drug, it's like, how can this cancer drug become even more affordable in the future? And how can it maybe have less side effects and how can it be deployed quicker and better and how can people find us quicker now that is where the reinvestment of the money that we get in return from the sales price we defined at the very beginning becomes so important and that's where it leads to the third factor i would consider very relevant when you price your value and that is actually where it becomes external accessibility you can have a, an impression of a price that seems right to you, but you also need to be sensitive to the people you're serving in realizing, am I making my value inaccessible? And that's where all three factors have to start to play together. What is a price that reflects my value that I can stand behind? But then also, 
is that price sufficient to sustain my operation so that I can build ever better value and deploy that value better? And then lastly, and is that price set in a way that it be, that that value is fully accessible to every single person that needs that value? And that's where we have to be sensitive. Sure, because I think that you, at that point, you stop asking yourself the question, is it a price that I can afford? Because you might already be like doing happy work 15 years from now. And you, you will see a growth in the, as the layman word, as anybody would use the word in revenue and in profit. You will see that. But then you might start thinking, maybe there's a new product you build and you say, well, I want to price it at something that feels right to me. I can afford this. Yeah. It, it, it's great. It's great that you can now afford whatever it is that you want. But if it's true value that you're trying to really lift other individuals healthier, wealthier, happier, emotionally balanced, it might not be affordable for them. And that's what we mean by by giving a thought. And I, I like that you said it's very nuanced, the idea of accessibility, that you really have to kind of put all of these things together and say, how? Yeah. How do you balance that accessibility? Uh, yeah, there, there's no point. I mean, of course, there are luxury items and services where accessibility means something else than things of like, you know, existential value, something that is of just bare basic fundamental And I have value. to say that that is going to be an episode on its own because there is a luxury value and existential value. I love that you brought that up. Yeah, and, and I don't think in, of that in terms of like, you know, judgment. I don't want to be judgmental about that. It's just very important that you understand that there is a high chance that the value you're here to build becomes of existential value to someone. If that person has no access to it, then you effectively also limiting the range of your own value. You're, you're limiting the range of your impact. In going back to what I said at the very beginning, there are a lot of people who are so kind and so gentle and so compassionate when it comes to that question that they lower their price far, far, like they set it far too low. And now the problem is that A, they don't believe in that price anymore emotionally because they realize, well, <laughs> it's, it's worth more. But B, also, the second factor, they make it unsustainable for their own operations. Now they can't cover their costs and they cannot reinvest, which means they have to cut corner in the quality in the deployment of the value, which then, of course, sabotage the value. And now you're not helping anyone. That's why I'm, I, I keep saying those three factors, personal relatability to the price, and then sustainability of operations, and lastly, accessibility of value for your people, they're dynamic. You cannot look at them separately from each other. You have to see their interdependence, how they correlate. And that will help you nudge towards a number. And then, of course, you have to remain aware. You have to keep exploring. You have to explore it emotionally. Does it feel right? But then also financially in your books, does it actually work for our operations? But also go out there and ask and look and realize if your price is maybe still out of reach for most people that actually need you the most, there is, if you take two circles, there is a part where the circle of your value overlaps with a certain need in the world. 
if you take those two circles, you draw a circle, this is the value I offer, and then you draw a circle, this is the need that exists out there in the world. They will either overlap, that's the strongest value proposition, or they will intersect. And now if you look at that intersection, you have to ask yourself, what can they pay? I mean, we're not talking about emotionally here. It's like, what can they pay without falling into debt? What can they pay without having to cut corners where they shouldn't? This is your this is responsibility. As an as a business owner, that's your responsibility to make sure that if they buy something that is of value, that they're not losing something else that is of value. We have to understand that we as business owners, we have a responsibility to keep tabs. We cannot poison people's accessibility to things they need by allowing them to pay too much and then cut corners where they shouldn't. That's being not just accountable, that's being responsible. And, and a happy work business owner or a happy worker in general will always keep tabs on these three factors. And for those of you that claim that you create a business to truly help your community, this is the work that it takes to truly do that. Yeah. To actually put your product, your service, and your money where your mouth is. 